If you want to understand what this Web3 thing is all about, then you got to understand Ethereum because Ethereum is the second most popular cryptocurrency after Bitcoin. In fact, as of 2022, from an article from Forbes, Ethereum's market capitalization represents more than 17% of the 1.2 trillion dollar global crypto market. So this is definitely something that you want to understand. And that's why in today's episode, I spoke to Everton Fraga. So Everton is a senior blockchain and Web3 specialist solutions architect at Amazon Web Services, where he advises businesses on how to leverage blockchain in the cloud. Prior to joining Amazon, Everton was a software engineer at the Ethereum Foundation, where he worked on the Ethereum virtual machine. He has taught classes to people of all technical skill levels on the Ethereum blockchain at Blockchain Academy. So if you want to understand Ethereum a lot more, then stick around for this interview that I did with Everton. All right, Everton, thank you so much for being here today. My first question for you is, what makes Ethereum different from other blockchains? All right, so thanks for having me. Um, So the difference from uh, Ethereum at the time, right, uh, compared to Bitcoin is that full programmability that we have on Ethereum. The Bitcoin did not have at a time. Still doesn't have it a full form today. despite that there's been a lot of work into that. Uh, but Ethereum provides this uh, it's more of a programmable platform where people can upload uh, programs. Those programs run uh, on-chain, is what we call. So there's a distinction of on-chain. Things are stored and executed within the blockchain itself. And off-chain, things that happen either locally or on, you know, application servers or things like that. Um, Ethereum um, unlocked the possibility to have uh, on-chain programs that are fully auditable, verifiable across uh, the entire uh, network, uh, across those so many nodes, thousands of nodes. They're also watching uh, and validating those uh, outcomes. So today, uh, and after Ethereum was created, um, many other platforms, it, it was kind of a breakthrough at the time. Uh, there were a lot of uh, experimentation, that is for sure. But after Ethereum was launched, uh, several other scientists in the space and uh, computing and software engineers, uh, they were looking at, you know, okay, so that's that seems like a great idea. Let's try to enhance that. And each project had their own uh, vision of how to improve throughput or performance or how to have things like subnets. It's a very interesting concept that Avalanche brings to the table. Uh, or Polkadot, the substrate um, project as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I generally see this uh, entire space as... Um, scientific developments because it is uh, uh you know since many decades ago people were researching how to have uh, value being transferred over the wire uh today although there is kind of a cryptocurrency wars out there <laughs> uh there's also a technology being built uh day in day out and uh what we're seeing today is pretty much like a lot of scientists and engineers trying to come up with better models for such feature and things like that. So you're telling us that there's still a lot of work that Ethereum needs to do 
But is this still a time where businesses should start implementing Ethereum, even though it's early? Like maybe it's early enough. It might be a bit hard to to, to prove to sell that there is a lot of value on doing those things on blockchain, and to work all the big all the way back from the user to the business and to the business from the business to the, the technical level to actually you know make all this happen and make everything happen, everyone happy. Um, so first of all, there is that. So there is there might not be a huge ask from the final user that hey, I don't want my car now to be in the banking system. I want it to be in the blockchain. We do not have that, right? Uh, what we can have is uh, at the business level, people realizing that blockchain might be or might not be as efficient or more efficient, or might be a cost saver or not. So it kind of depends on. On how bad the current situation is for those businesses to operate in, in the way that they do right now. Um, so a lot of things need to be built from the technical perspective uh, for those businesses or by those businesses, right? To actually make this a viable, good, amazing things. So uh, Visa, MasterCard, uh, it is very efficient. They, they work, right? So they, they process like 30,000 transactions per second, uh, but it's already a system that, that was built, is highly optimized. Uh, now, you know, either them or other people need to build something that's uh, still have this maturity level, right? Uh, we have now today some emerging technologies that you know, really worth uh, watching. Uh, what we call, first of all, there's the um, well, first of all, we have Avalanche, we have Solana, those uh, higher throughput networks. They're kind of targeting these uh, use cases, right? So high volume of transactions and things like that. Ethereum has been focusing more on being kind of this global settlement layer in which a lot of other networks can plug into Ethereum and inherit Ethereum security, right? So we have what we call layer two networks. So we have Arbitrum, we have Optimism, uh, ZK Sync. So those are other types of networks that they plug into Ethereum mainnet. And those, yeah, those are high throughput networks. You could kind of support something like um, payment processing you know, uh, business. Uh, and, you know, just uh, benefit from the security of Ethereum mainnet as the layer one. So as we call layer two, right? So they plug it into layer ones, they process things in high speed, and then they settle those things on, uh, on the Ethereum mainnet. So uh, kind of, first we need uh, users asking for this, uh, people selling the business so you can create the user demand, and then, you know, you have those things happening in blockchain. Um, so it, it, it's something that takes time, right? So uh, it takes time for businesses to to adapt and to uh, create something and to fast and mature and do all these things. I really like that call out, it's telling it straight that, hey, credit card companies, they've already invested a lot of hours and time in being able to develop these mature systems at scale, and Ethereum's not there yet. There's still a lot of work to be done, but there's still a lot of excitement in that. 
And one of the reasons why is around open source and it being open source. So Everton, can you explain why is it important that Ethereum is open source? Um, so the fact that it, it, it is being created as a platform to secure funds, to take care of uh, financial or non-financial, but still critical um, transactions, people need to be really aware of what these things are doing, right? So uh, the blockchain clients, they're all open source. They need to be, right? Uh, otherwise, uh, if I'm a, a well-established company in the space, am I really going to bat my, my, you know, my coins or creating something on, on top of this thing that uh, I don't really know what's doing behind the curtains? Uh, when it comes to smart contracts, application development on, on those networks. It is not required, but uh, very important that those smart contracts are also open source. There's a, and anything we'll talk here, uh, we, we, can, we can go as deep as we want, right? <laughs> so if we're talking about open source and blockchain, uh, all these smart contracts, they're published to the blockchain anyway in a bytecode format, but a skilled person can still see what that application is doing behind the curtains. So we kind of start from the basic principle that, well, things are going to get public anyway. So some companies, they just publish the entire source code. Uh, some companies, they keep its source code um, closed for some time just to make you know, a bit harder for people trying to copy them or, you know, things like that. I think that Uniswap version 3 did that uh, because they didn't want to be copied like they were with uh, SushiSwap before. Um, but the, the whole idea is you would only get community uh, endorsement if your code, uh, if you're kind of really honest with, with the code you're putting out, with uh, if the smart contracts that you publish are kind of doing exactly what you're mentioning because it can be as critical as managing, uh, you know, millions of dollars or billions of dollars. So in the cryptocurrency space, it's very important. In uh, other spaces as well, just like, well, for managing a um, shareholder voting here on the blockchain with the decentralized community. Uh, that's also important, right? So I, I don't want I don't want that system to have any backdoor uh, and to make kind of someone a super have superpowers uh, out of the blue and you know do in some arbitrary vote, right? Uh, so those things are kind of very critical, and um, hence the need for open source verifiability uh, is increased, right? Not to mention that open source software also fosters collaboration, right? It makes it really easy for people to enhance uh, enhance the same project or, you know, really just fork, create another thing and, you know, just utilize that project for for other use cases, right? It can be adapted and morphed into something else. So I think that's uh, really, really important for this ecosystem. If it wasn't for open source software, again, we wouldn't have this podcast because, well, the many layers here were built using open source software. <laughs> but then uh, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't have blockchain itself, right? 
Everton, those are some really good call-outs. And especially as you're saying that the fact that it's open source, people can do their due diligence before. They can look at the code or they can have someone that they trust go and look at the code and let them know, hey, is this something that maybe you should be investing in or using for whatever use case? And so with that, with Ethereum, can you explain what are the ways that people can actually participate in the network? Yeah, so that's that's a, another good question. Um, people can um, people can participate to those networks um, without needing to stake, right? So if they they consider that a network um, is useful to them, um, and that could be you know just because they're holding some assets or uh, they're borrowing money, they're borrowing some cryptocurrency using one of the existing platforms. Uh, but if they do have some of it that they um, don't want to move or that they want to create some sort of sa- crypto savings, uh, it makes sense uh, to actually uh, put for put that money to work for you, right? So uh, yielding and staking is... Uh, is a proven option, right? So there, there are some calculations on returns and things like that. Um, of course, that that's not a financial advice at all, right? But um, if people want to also believe and want to support those networks, acting as a watcher, right? So that's a, that's a very community aligned uh, mentality. Uh, they can have uh, either the thirty two ether or being part of a staking pool. Uh, to actually, you know, work with those funds there, especially if those are, you wouldn't move them anyway. So you basically put that money to work for you a little bit. Um, as far as uh, the size of things, right, um, and how people are going to uh, use this in the future, um, I've seen Vitalik Buterin, so the creator of Ethereum, mentioning that, uh yeah, in the future, he hopes that people can stake, uh, can have a validator node running on their phone. Uh, and whenever it comes their turn to sign things, the phone would sign those things and send. Um, and that's uh, that was an interesting point of view, right? To have people using their own devices with a very lightweight um, client, just doing minimal data exchange between between the phone and the broader network. And sending what it needs to be sent. Um. Well, Everton, I've learned so much from you in this conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time. For the next one, so we can have more questions to be answered. <laughs>